live in expectation. Matthew chapter 24. I'm reading out of the New International Version of the Bible and it says this. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would, have, and would not have let his house be broken into so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Father, I thank You for Your Word today. And I ask that You would anoint our hearts to receive what You have for us today. Let the Word find a deep lodging place so that when we need it the most, we will be reminded of it. We thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Live in expectation. And uh, my former pastor, Marcus Alexander, made it a point to tell me that when I was young in the ministry and going through Bible school, he said, you know, the best thing that I found is just a plain dictionary, not a Bible dictionary, just a dictionary. And so you look up words of the dictionary, and I know we know what they mean, but the word expect means to look forward to something. To look forward to something. When a woman is expecting, there is a birth of a baby that is looking forward toward. I can remember when our children were born or when, when Annette was pregnant with the, the, the kids. And uh, I know there were times when she was not feeling the greatest because there was a time that was coming and as time went by that it was... A little more uncomfortable but there was something that we knew that was expecting we didn't know exactly when we had an idea because there were signs when a guest has been invited to a house then there's a looking forward to arrival I know that if we're expecting company sometimes I'll look out the window or down the road I hear a car and I think well is that them and I look because we prepared and everything's ready for the guests to come. I don't know if I'm the only one that does that, but that's what I do. I look back and I see uh, um, our granddaughter, Journey. She is just it's precious. I remember when she was born. She's four months old and she's just so precious. And we didn't know exactly when, but we had an idea. 
I believe with the Christian there is and there must continue to be an expectation toward the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to collect His church, those who have trusted in Him. In other words, we must live an expectation for His return because we don't know when that return is going to happen. It could happen at any moment. I've heard the statement, it pays to be ready. We must be ready. We must be prepared. No one knows when. Jesus' audience, if you look at verse number 3 uh, of this same chapter, he was His disciples. He was telling them about both the signs of His return and the church as well as the great tribulation and His second coming afterward. In verse 36 of our text, Jesus said that no one knows when he will come again, not the angels, even the Son of Man, Christ himself, but only the Father. When Jesus spoke these words, he was walking on the earth as a physical man to whom God revealed what he would need to know when he needed for his earthly ministry. And in all likelihood, since Jesus, who has now returned to his former glory, as John 17, 5 tells us, certainly now has a future knowledge of his return. But nevertheless, the point is, is that there's no one on earth who can predict when the Lord will come back there are several who have tried and they've set dates, they have come and gone, but the fact is that no one knows. I found an article that I would like to read. It was written by uh, a number of years ago by Dr. W.E. Nunley, who was pres pre uh, professor of early Judaism and Christian origins at Evangel University in Springfield. And this is what Dr. Nunley writes the name of the article is The Imminent Return of Christ. Do we really believe it? The fact that Jesus did not appear at the end of the first millennium A.D. dashed the hopes of many. And when 1914 came and went, the Jehovah's Witnesses needed to reinterpret their prediction by claiming there had been an invisible rather than literal return. More recently, considerable spiritual fallout came in the wake of the book 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Could Be in 1988. Despite the millions of copies sold, at least three retries, and worldwide exposure on Christian television, the author died in 2001 without seeing his predictions realized. In 1994, a charismatic pastor prophesied that God was going to rip the evil out of this world on Thursday, June 9th of that year. Such a cleansing is, need, is indeed predicted by Scripture as a predominant aspect of the end of human history. However, when that day came and went, the evil remained a very real part of the world. That pastor resorted to a spiritual interpretation of his prophecy reminiscent of the Jehovah's Witnesses. As at the end of the first millennium A.D., the approach of Y2K signaled yet another outpouring of dire predictions none of which came to pass. I want to pause this article for just a moment. I know that some of you who remember Y2K, we remember all the doom and gloom that was going to happen and people were trying to tie spiritual significance to this. Uh, people were trying to stockpile things because they didn't know what was going on. But God is still in control then and now. The article continues, Undaunted, new websites 
appear regularly predicting the year or time of the year that Jesus will return. If you see anybody telling you when Jesus is going to come back, they cannot know because the Scripture says they cannot know. If anybody tells you anything different than what this Word of God tells you, then it is a lie. Everything that we say that the Word of God says must be backed up by Scripture. That's why it's important, church, for you to know the Word of God, know what it says, because when you know what it says, when somebody else tells you what it says, you'll know whether they're right or not. Our text goes on to tell us, as it was in the days of Noah, just like in, the, in Noah's day, will it be before the coming of the Lord? In verse 37, it talks about, it talks about that. This scripture has a double reference. First, regarding the return of at an unknown and an unexpected time, the rapture of the church about which Jesus said in John 14, 3, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that where I am, there you may be also. The second Regarding his coming after the great tribulation, seven years after the rapture, when he will destroy the wicked and gather the righteous into his kingdom. I want to, what I want to focus on today is in the days that we're living just before the rapture of the church. People are living their lives as normal. And that things will just continue as they have always been without any regard or much thought about God or Jesus. I think that probably the occurrences that have happened in the past several weeks regarding this COVID-19 outbreak and the restrictions that we have seen have perhaps caused people to just stop and ponder for a moment because they cannot do the things that they would normally do and it causes them to have more time on their hands. I want to encourage you, church, and encourage your friends with this time that you may have that seems to be extra time to delve into the word of God to get into your prayer closet and touch the Lord to just touch heaven let him speak to you the way that only he can let the godly influence of the Holy Spirit just permeate your heart connect with godly people pray with them pray for them and let the church be the church the way we were supposed to be. There are weekenders that spend every spare moment enjoying rest and relaxation and recreation. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying rest and relaxation and recreation with any of these activities. But when people have made them a substitute for their relationship with God and the things of God, then there is a problem. In verse 38 of our text, it says they eat, they drink, they marry just now, just like then up to the day that Noah entered the ark, even though Noah was a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2, 5 tells us. There are some who have heard the messages of righteousness and even been taught the word of God growing up, but now in spite of their upbringing, in spite of their teaching, they choose to live as if it doesn't matter anymore. It seems like they were just stories that were told to them when they were 
children and they thought, oh, they're just children's fairy tales. May I tell you that the Word of God that was sown into your spirit and into your heart when you were a child, when you were younger, they are real and they matter, sir. They matter, ma'am. They matter now. They will always matter and you will never get rid of those thoughts, those experiences and that Word of God because that Word of God has been planted into your heart, into your life. And when the Word of God is planted, it's not uprooted just by anything that comes along. You know those memories are there. I want to remind you that it does matter. It does matter. Young person, it matters. What your friends may tell you, they will try to get you to do things away from what God wants you to do. The enemy of your soul is bent on your destruction. The Bible says the thief comes not but for to kill, to destroy, and to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you will have abundant life and and have it to the full. That's what he came to do. Many times people think in crisis situations that they can turn to God. And yes, you can turn to God. But if that's the only time you turn to God, then you are shortchanging your relationship with God. If God's just this relationship, Jesus is just this, this uh, entity that you put on up on a shelf until you need help. You're falling short of what God really wants to do in your life. Yes. Yes. These Bible verses and stories that you heard, these nudgings that you knew... When Jesus was touching you on the deep, on the deeply on the inside, they still matter. In verse thirty-nine, it says they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Noah preached to them, tried to convince them that they needed to turn away from their wickedness. He was preaching righteousness and right standing with God. But the scripture says, just like in the days of Noah, so it is today. The message of the gospel has been preached. The word has gone forth. But there will not be a visible sign or, per- or perceived until the day when Jesus comes back for those who made themselves ready by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and ask for forgiveness of their sins. I prayed with a man one time. I've never seen this happen before. I'm used to leading people in prayer when they want to commit their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ and helping them because many people need that assistance. They can't really think of the words. But I was sharing with this man the scripture that if you believe it with your mouth, if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I no more than got those words out as we were holding hands as he was in that hospital bed. And he just started exclaiming, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I believe. And I believe that that prayer is sincere. And God heard that prayer. He didn't wait for somebody to lead him in prayer. He just said, Jesus, I believe. I believe Jesus is Lord. Is he your Lord? How will it be? Verse 39 through 41 talks about those 
that are side by side that will be separated, not by race, not by gender or anything else, but those who have received Christ from those who have not received Christ. Yes, our relationship with Jesus Christ absolutely makes a difference. It makes a difference. This is how it will be when the Son of Man, Jesus, comes back. Those that are living in expectation of His return will be the ones that He comes for. They will be the ones taken from this world. I remember as a child, we watched a movie at church called The Thief in the Night. And it was a scary movie because it was, it was kind of like Left Behind, which is a modern. This was, this was done back in the 70s. And if you watched it today, it would be very dated. But if you think there was no technology like there is today, no cell phones, no uh, computers that we used. Uh, I know you're thinking, man, you're old. I was in the dark ages. And yeah, you're probably right. Um, but um, I can remember this movie in... People just vanished. There was a kid mowing the yard and he just vanished, left his lawnmower out there on the yard, still running. That was in the days before the safety switch would shut it off. It was just running with nobody stood standing there. Kid would come home and parents were gone. They weren't ever to be, they weren't ever to be found. It, it talked about their journey when there was no more Christ in the world to call on because the people were gone. But they would call on Christ. They knew what had happened. We as the children of God must live in expectation. Jesus could come back at any moment. What do we do in the meantime? Verse 42 starts out with the best reminder. Verse 42 of our text says, keep watch. Keep watch. It is a present imperative in indicating a constant vigil. Meaning now, at the present time, we must now be watching for His return because we do not know when He will come back for us. In verse 42, it goes on to say, You do not know on what day your Lord will come. We must never assume that He cannot come today because His return for His children is possible any day. There is not one scripture that must be fulfilled before He comes back. He will come when we will not expect it in the sense that we will not know any specific moment, but it will be as verse 43 says, as a thief in the night. You've probably seen stories when people have had their homes broken into and then afterward they think about getting an alarm, alarm system, and it's a great idea. But they were thinking, I wish I'd had the alarm system before. I was broken into. Now's the time. You must be ready always because the Son of Man will come when you do not expect Him. Verse 44 tells us. What does the world see in us? We must live in expectation. The last part of the article that I started well ago finishes up and says this. This is scriptural prescription for Christian living in light of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. 
If accurately predicting the return of Jesus is not the task of his, is not the task of his disciples, what is our responsibility in light of the imminent return of Christ? We are to be constantly engaged in witness that emphasizes the time of his return is near. We are to be on guard against the increasing number of deceivers and deceptions characteristic of the end time. We are to be awake, sober, and alert. We are to be ready and prepared. We are to be wise. We are to be holy in conduct and thought. We are to be living servant lives filled with the fruit of good deeds. We are to be earnestly and expecting, desiring His appearing. As I close this message out this morning, remember that Scripture emphasizes that Jesus can come at any moment. At no time does this suggest that we can embrace the the doctrine of imminent return and at the same time maintain that there are certain unmet prerequisites that prohibit it. Regarding human responsibility, the current emphasis of the New Testament is on living in obedient service and effective witness in light of His imminent return. The timetable of Jesus' return is within the purview of God alone. Until that day, let the bride of the 21st century be saying the same thing of the bride of the 1st century. In Revelation 22:20. Come, Lord Jesus. We must be living in expectation. Living in expectation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for this message today to remind us to live in expectation. Let us not, Lord, have wasted any more time because time is short and we must be about the Father's business. I ask you, God, that you would just Touch our hearts deeply right now, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Lord, to those that are here today, that are watching or listening, Lord, and they sense the call. They sense sense that nudging in their hearts, knowing that there's a change that needs to happen. There are things that need to be dealt with. Lord, they can't make the change without you. And shouldn't try. But what we do say is Lord Jesus I believe in you. I trust in you. And I don't know how. But I know that if I trust in you. And I believe that you are Lord. And I trust you to be my savior. That you will be. And you will help me with the very next step. Thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.